Welcome back to another episode of Leaf Stock Forever. The boys are in the house, and all I can start with is it was 4-1 Tampa. How does it fucking feel? We know as Leafs fans. I'm sending it straight over to Kyle and Scott for your game four reaction. What a game. What a game. I mean, us Leafs fans, uh, we were we got a treat in that final 10 minutes. 10- minutes and whatever was said during the tv timeouts and everything it it worked whether it was Keith or the team just decided to wake up wow that was, that was quite something guys um probably one of my better sports moments ever i would say um equivalent to the jose bautista home run probably just because of the comeback but uh yeah wow what a what a treat we got there and let's uh let's hope it continues tonight Yeah, I agree. Um, didn't didn't look too hopeful going into the third there, but like Kyle said, someone must have stepped up, whether that coach or player, and uh, kind of riled everybody up to to come out. In the post game interview, they said that they weren't necessarily looking to win, but at least they were looking to have some kind of effort to score a couple goals, make it a little bit closer. But yeah, worked out for them. Uh, I mean, there's not really much more I could say. I agree with everything Kyle said. It was super exciting. And hopefully, like Kyle said, again, they can uh, continue it in tonight and, and put the series or make the series over and, and move on to the next round against either Florida or Boston. Yeah, so I think uh, how crazy would it be for Toronto to struggle with closing on series, series or game, uh, sorry, around uh, one series for the last 19 years and then be the first team in the 2023 playoffs to close on a series. Boston couldn't. Uh, who else? Uh, Carolina couldn't. Um, and then tonight, Vegas might not be able to if they don't win against Winnipeg. But I think that would be great karma for the Leafs to have happened to them and a real kick in the nuts to every Leafs fan or every fan base that have just been ripping on the Leafs for the last 19 years. Um, with that, we have a jam-packed show. We've got basically 30 minutes to get it done because we are doing this prior to game five. We will be with you again next week, regardless of the outcome. However, we might push up the podcast if you guys are cool with it. Maybe do like a a Monday night or something to get initial reaction if they do win this series tonight. Uh, We will sort that out later. But I'm heading right back over to you, Scott, for the first discussion point on our list. Uh, yeah, I think we just wanted to talk about what we thought of the series so far. Obviously, if, if it ends tonight, then uh, we won't be able to give our insight into the whole series. But so far, up to this point, uh, I mean, it's kind of been bittersweet, I think. Uh, game one was a complete disaster. Uh, they rebounded nicely in game two. I think they, they dominated most of the game. And then, obviously, the last two games with the two straight comeback come from behind wins which kind of made everybody hyped for this game, but there's also the negatives involved with that because they did have to come back. They were down relatively big in both games and played like crap for majority of the games. They just had those uh, moments where they capitalized at the end of the games and, and, and tied it up. So I'd say it's so far it's been bittersweet. Obviously, we all picked Toronto to win. Being Leafs fans, that's not a surprise. But I, I didn't expect them to, at, at the times they have played as bad as they have been, and then needed to have those last-minute 
come from behind victories. I thought maybe it would have been a little bit more even where it was like Toronto wins a game, controlling the game for most of it, then Tampa, then Toronto, then Tampa. I didn't really expect Tampa to control most of the series and then Toronto have to kind of uh, step up their game and, and compete more, which is a good sign because in past years they've kind of just folded once that's happened. So, yeah, like I said, I think it's been kind of bittersweet. Exciting that they came back, but still disappointing at the way that they've been playing. Yeah, I think it's obviously been a roller coaster. It would have been nice for Toronto just to come out and dominate the last two games and then um, obviously be up 3-1. I think uh, there's been a lot of talk uh, lately, the last couple of days. Obviously, Toronto's had two games off or two days off. So there's been a lot of talk about how. Like in actuality, Toronto was dominated in both games or for better parts of both games and then turned up in the last 10 minutes of 60. Um, I say that doesn't matter. The, what matters is who wins at the end of the night. And I guarantee, and I know this for a fact, no one was saying the same thing about Edmonton when they came back against LA. So it annoys me that they say it about Toronto, but I say... Uh, basically, who gives a flying F about how the games are played as long as Toronto wins? I understand that Toronto was dominant last two games, and I would love for them to come out and just basically uh, throat punch Tampa in every which way, but obviously that didn't happen. We're still up 3 1 the series, and again, I will remind you it was 4 1, and that was a huge deal when Toronto lost to Boston. Almost the exact same time in the game. Toronto scored their second goal as Boston did and then won it in OT. Also, just a quick comment. Tanner Janot is not in the lineup tonight. Quote is, he's banged up. I tweeted, probably scared of Shen because he had mentioned a few times that Shen <laughs> was going to get the revenge. And also today on Real Kipper and Bourne, well, technically yesterday, but I was listening today, they had Darren Pang on. And remember, like, after the Braden Point incident when they were all chirping each other at the bench and then Luke Shen came in? Yeah. Uh, it went as far as Patrick Maroon telling Matthew Nyes he was going to kill Matthew Nyes. Uh, Tanner Janot said, this isn't college hockey. I'm going to show you what the NHL is like. And Corey Perry is just screaming at the top of his lungs at Matthew Nyes. So much so that Noel Acharya looked down the bench and said, why are you yelling at me, Corey Perry? Because he didn't know who Corey Perry was talking to. And then Luke Shen went in and said, um, basically, Darren Frank said along the lines of, I already beat you up in, in game three or game two, or whatever game it was, I'm not afraid to do it again. And then Darren Pang said Tanner Juno had marbles in his mouth when Luke Shen came over. So probably is scared of Luke Shen. Uh, maybe he's scared of feet. And then as far as what you said, Scott, with the uh, he said that at least I'm worth my trade. So. Oh, yeah, Luke Shen, yeah. Uh, what do you think of the last yeah, two? Just... Uh... Sorry, Scott, continue. It was just after the Luke Shen said that Tanner Janot is irrelevant. And he said at least oh, he's yeah. worth his trade because Tampa gave up eight draft picks for a guy who hasn't done anything. Yeah, uh, first, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and Cal Foot for a guy who's played two games in the series and had, uh, I think he had a total of 10 hits in one fight. Um, if that was Shawnee Police guys, they would be ripped apart. Quickly, I want to get Kyle your opinion on the two straight comeback wins and your. Well, you were at. Uh, were you at? You were at game two, right? Game three. Yeah, I was at game two. The game uh, two. The game where it wasn't even close. And what was uh, your experience like in that before you get to the comeback wins? The experience was pretty crazy. Um, obviously, Thursday night. So 
people got work Friday, so might not have been as rowdy as it would have been per se as a Saturday night when we beat Tampa in Tampa. Um, but it, it was it was a pretty crazy experience to be honest. The funny thing is, you can hear the goal horn go on inside the arena from outside, like a millisecond before they have like another copycat goal horn outside for us. And then they play the uh, Make My Dreams Come True song, kind of they try and follow suit as as if uh, you were actually inside the arena. But yeah, I found it pretty funny that uh, you can kind of hear the goal, goal horn like a millisecond before they before it goes off because the TV wasn't 100% uh, the exact same time as when like the players would score. That was the, uh, the cool thing I found. But yeah, overall, the experience there, it was crazy. Um, lots of lots of young fans, I would say, majority averages from uh, 18, maybe we'll say 17 to 25, I would say is the average. Um, pretty loud. Um, I don't know why, but there's a guy wearing a Corey Perry uh, orange Ducks jersey. <laughs> That was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, I saw that on the broadcast. Did you see that? Yeah, he's been there a couple times. I don't know why, but he stands out like a sore thumb. Did you um, need to pay to go? No, you didn't have to pay. You, you just have to sign up, right? Sign up. And, yeah, they, uh, they gave us these T-shirts um, that said, like, uh, Leafs Forever or something like that. Had the logo on the front. A uh, little symbol by your uh, by your chest, and then on the back it said "Leafs Forever" with the tiny little Leafs logo in the middle, and then a hat with the uh, the Le- Toronto Maple Leafs logo, and it said "Milk" on the side. Oh yeah, it's pretty cool. And um, did they yeah. ask your shirt size, or did they just throw you a random one? It was just a general like uh, XL or large or something like that. Oh, okay, so, sweet. Okay, so terrible. someone who was a little bit bigger than that went to the game, and they said, "I'll take a two XL," and they said, "Here's a medium." It's not gonna be like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was just a general general size. I guess they're just trying to get everyone in there as quick as possible, and um. Yeah, it was a good experience, but uh, with regards to the last couple to the last couple games that we've seen, a um, little bit nerve nerve wracking because of obviously being down at first, um, and then it was almost like they decided to wake up. Um, usually, we would see that from other teams, um, Boston in the past. So I'm thankful that the Leafs are the ones that decided to change things up and um, be the ones that would come back. Um, but honestly, guys, I just want the series over tonight. I'm sure you guys think the same. Um, if if we win tonight, uh, I'll be so happy because if Tampa for some reason wins tonight and we have to go back into Tampa Saturday, I'll be pretty scared just with the p- past couple of games that we've seen in Tampa. Um and then we know the Leafs' history in Game Seven. I'm not. I'm not doubting the Leafs because I love the Leafs. I just want a playoff series win because it's been since what 2004 or something. 2003. Yeah, 2004. Yeah, I was literally four years old. So it's uh, j- just this morning I stopped at the Tim Hortons to get tea, 
and I was listening to uh, the just the fan every morning from eight to nine or uh, yeah eight to nine. I listen to just the fan five ninety because it's the morning show and they do like the um, their version of betting and all this kind of stuff. And just the the commercials, and just it was such a different feeling. Like every time that the Leafs are in the playoff series, I listen to the fan or TSN, like Sportsnet or TSN Radio, for those who don't know. And like Carl Koliak was on there saying, like, this is the least moment they need to close the sound. It's the first time in so many years. This morning, there was none of that. It was just like the Leafs are gonna win this. Like the commercials for like uh like just amping. It was just I've never experienced that whole situation on the radio before. It was just like even the commercials knew that Trump was going to win. It was just a different vibe. And then I texted my fiance, Ashlyn, and said, uh, this, like, today is just intense. Like, I just felt the intensity of, like, I'm not even nervous. I'm just so damn excited for Toronto to come in and whoop ass. Um, uh, Kyle, let's, uh, yeah, I agree. let's not send yeah, that. <laughs> let's not send those pictures <laughs> in the group chat. I think also a lot of it has to do with the play of their their stars. Whereas last year, past years, uh, especially in the Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares era, uh, usually like one of them that steps up in moments. In the last year, Nylander seemed to be the standout of the playoffs for the Leafs. Whereas Matthews, Marner, Tavares were kind of, well, I mean, you can't blame Tavares, he got hurt, but Matthews and Marner kind of faltered and didn't really do much. But this year, it seems like all four of them at points or even throughout the whole game, as in the case of Game 2, have kind of played their game, haven't really faltered. If Matthews led the charge last game with the comeback. Uh, so it seems like it's all four this year, as opposed to just one of them, as previous years have, have shown. Um, also, you guys know Curtis from Alberta? You know, the guy, after the least win, he says, Yes, sir! Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's at no. the... You ever seen him, Scott? He's got like the room and he's like, uh, go, Leafs, go. And then he drinks like the Bud Light or whatever he drinks, Canadian. You ever seen that? He's in the no, basement. Okay. Anyways, uh, he's like a massive Leafs fan. Uh, he's at the, um, whatever it's called, uh, Maple Leaf Square right now. He flew, all, like, I guess Toronto flew him in because he's up there with like all the famous people. So must be nice. Um, <laughs> If Toronto does make it to a second or third round and I could actually uh, get the time off work, I would love to just go to that just for the just for the atmosphere. But just watching it on the news before we started, it just it just seems like it's just a whole bunch of young kids that are just there for the party scene. Like just the, you know, to get out and say that they went, which kind of pisses me off because most of those people that are probably there didn't actually watch all these game all year. They're just there for. To to be fair, though, it as as the Leafs, if they make it further into the playoffs obviously, because they haven't won yet, but say late round two, round three, even Stanley Cup, I think you'll see those people gradually get pushed out as more, I wouldn't say traditional Leafs fans, but diehard Leafs fans who, like the older people who have been waiting or the, yeah. not, it won't necessarily be the young people show up just to be seen. It'll yeah. be, I think the a whole bunch of old school Leafs fans or even just people who want to see it will show up early to get those spots as opposed to and I'm not saying that the 17, 16, 11-year-olds aren't true Leafs fans, but like Spencer said on the news, was, all they were interviewing was like 15-year-olds. who were Yeah, there and, and all the they kept saying was like just the classic go Leafs, go. Yeah, uh, Leafs let's and, go Leafs. But I think if... Leafs in five, yeah. 
Were you watching yeah. the news, Kyle? If they move farther. I was, yeah. If Front they spot. move further into the playoffs, I feel like those players will slowly be weeded out. Or those players, those people. And you'll see more of a traditional hockey fan who who will get there early just so they could be in that moment when the Leafs make it to the Stanley Cup or the third round or whatever. Yeah, and I'm saying this also. If, by chance, Toronto does win the Stanley Cup this year, I am moving my vacation week that I have booked in July straight to when they win. And I'm spending the whole week in Toronto, living on the street, partying every day. It's uh, And you guys are coming with me. Maybe we'll do a live on location podcast. No, Kyle can just, uh, Kyle's got probably make some most money out of all us. He could definitely pay for the hotel for the whole week for us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There you have it. Everyone heard it. He said, yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) A couple notes. Obviously I, as I mentioned, Tanner, you know, was out uh, that M whistle or whatever his name is. M whistle, whistle. Yeah. Whatever the heck his name is. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that just got KO'd by Jake McCabe. He comes back in tonight. Uh, lineup stays the same for Toronto. Um, with that, Michael Bunting is out for game five, so I want to get you guys' reaction on that. Matthew Nice as well. So we'll start with Michael Bunting. We'll go to you, Kyle. Give us our reaction on Bunting being out and Ma- uh, Matthew Nice's impact on the team. So you said Nice is in, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and Bunting's out. Okay, so no lineup changes, uh, forward defense whatsoever. No. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I like the the decision why bring bunting back in when uh when that's the only game that you've uh that's the only game that you've lost right and we saw how that game unfolded and um yeah nice has been pretty good it's been electric uh yeah i don't i don't see the reason why we would bring bunting back in and take someone out um even the fourth line grinders i wouldn't i wouldn't uh take one of them out bring bunting in um because we know how bunting's past has been with the referees we don't want to risk him coming in and stirring something up um stirring something up and getting penalties and we know tampa has a solid power play um which could uh, lead to some goals um yeah we i don't and i think bunting understands that he's just going to wait for his chance whether that's uh Hopefully not this round, but next round. Um, yeah, I I like the decision on uh, keeping him out and keeping Nice in, or whoever would have gotten taken out for him. Um, I'll jump in your yeah. question. Uh, Sorry, okay. I just I just want to I just want to uh, say this. I think that the the only reason why, well, there's a couple of reasons, but the main reason why I didn't want Michael Bunting in tonight was because. You know that Tampa's going to be all over him just based on what happened, how he got suspended. Uh, and I do think that regardless of what happens, if he went into that game, it would have been at least three penalties for him. Like he would have gotten scrums and he would have just taken it too far. And he might have been the reason why Toronto didn't come back in game, game one because it was, what, 4-2 or 3-2 at the time when he took the penalty. Like They had the momentum. So I agree with you, Kyle. Over to you, Scott. Uh yeah, I was gonna say I agree too. I, when I first heard it, I was kind of shocked, seeing how he's a Sheldon Keefe guy, Sault Ste. Marie alumni. I thought he would have been automatically just back in the lineup, but then yeah, the more I heard you talk about it, other people on Twitter, or whatever, the more I agreed that 
probably the best decision at this point that he just sits and then comes back in. Um, yeah, I think I like Nice. I think he's been playing well. He was on the ice for both overtime goals. So hopefully he can uh, contribute again tonight, whether it's just his presence or whatnot. But, yeah, I agree with both what Kyle and Spencer said, that I think it's better if he just sits and then comes back in later in the series or next series or whenever he comes in next. Hopefully they close on the series tonight, which would then obviously in, indicate that he'd come back in next series. I just personally think that, like, it's too much of a risk in this game to have him in. So good, great call on uh, Keith. Um, I don't know. Do you guys want to wait on the re- uh, excuse me refereeing until the series is over, or do you guys want to talk about it now? Uh, it doesn't matter. I just want to point out how some other fan bases around the league are a little hypocritical. But you can wait oh, until the then, series. Is then you, over yeah, you can. You can um, you can go now, Scott. Okay. Yeah, so I just wanted to mention it because after game one, pretty, yeah, game one when Toronto lost big there, um, there was a, a lot of Leafs fans on Twitter complaining about the refs, Wes McCulley, yada, yada, yada. And uh, a couple other fan bases around the league were saying, suck it up. Uh, it shows true sign of a winner that you don't complain about the refs, you don't blame the refs, you fight through adversity. And, and make sure you win the game happens. And then every game since then, in every other series, every fan base around the league has complained about the refs. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to point out how it's a little hypocritical that when Leafs fans complain, it's always shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. It's it's the way the game works. But then when Edmonton fans or Minnesota fans or Colorado fans complain, everybody jumps on the bandwagon and say, yeah, the refs have been horrible. Um, I, I just want to stop there quickly so we can get a word in from DraftKings, uh, and then we'll come back. I actually do want to mention something that you just, just said there. So uh, we'll get a word from our show sponsor, and we'll be back. Remember, THPN, win some money this playoff, betting on the Leafs. We'll be back. Play the lamb during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make just a $5 bet and score $150 in free bonus bets instantly. One series that I'm going to be betting on is the Toronto-Tampa series. Obviously, Leafs fan, Leafs podcast, Leafs bet. Right now, for Game 6, Tampa and Toronto both share the same odds at minus 110. I'm going to be putting my money on the Toronto Leafs to win in Game 6. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That code, THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See notes for details. Okay, so we left off with Scott talking about other fan bases complaining about the Leafs and how it's always a double standard. I did want to ask you guys, did you guys see what happened last night with Nathan McKinnon? I saw some memes about it, but I don't think I saw exactly what happened. All I saw was he didn't look very happy. Yeah, and that's what you're talking about. It was the most pathetic thing I've ever seen from a professional athlete, I th- I think. So what happened was, you know how like Austin Matthews more, and Matthew More guys, pathetic than the, the Braun flop? Well, for different reasons. So you know how Matthew Nyes and Austin Matthews, they do like that quick, like they go like a half C turn and then back around and they kind of like protect the puck down in the corner and kind of deke the guy. Well, he did that 
And I guess someone on the Seattle Kraken and his skates touched literally like lace on lace. Depending on what angle you watch, it may not even look like they touched. He didn't get the penalty call. And I guess he wanted that superstar effect that he got tripped. So anyways, then he spun around, smashed his stick like baseball, swung his stick off the boards and was just screaming at the referee. And then because of that, took himself on the play. And the person that he was supposed to be, uh, I believe the person that was his man, scored the goal. So then Seattle took a 2-1 lead and ultimately won 3-2 and have a 3-2 lead on that series. A lot of people are saying that, one, he's just an intense guy. But other people are saying that moment right there was probably him realizing that Colorado was just a skeleton of what they were last year. That Trushkin, gone for some legal yeah. reason. No one knows why. Um, uh, Nazem Kadri obviously gone. And Langdiscog, okay. which – pardon me? Uh, I was adding on. I said Kadri. Oh, yeah. And then Landeskog, obviously, he's injured and done for the year. But yeah, Kadri, that was their second line. That was their support line. That was the the Ryan O'Reilly, the John Tavares line to the Matthews, you know, and, and they're all gone. So people said that that's the te- that's his team realizing that he him realizing that his team was just terrible. But that was that is the most um pitiful thing I've ever seen. With that, we only have six minutes left before the game. I did want to ask you oh, Scott, I just, oh pardon me. Just want to mention one one thing. I saw I don't know how true this is because I actually didn't bother to look up to see if it was true, and I saw it on Facebook. So right there, take it with a grain of salt. But apparently, uh, John Cooper was interviewed about uh, Vasilevsky and how like Charles kind of solved him from a distance, yada yada yada. And which I just realized I say yada 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 a lot, so I'll probably try to stop that. Um, but and, and he he said that it's. Not outright because of, but part of the reason he thinks that Toronto specifically has been able to solve Vasilevsky's weaknesses is because the Lalonde guy is on the intermissions talking about how Tampa sets up how Vasilevsky's weaknesses and strengths. Yeah. So he kind of came out right and, and was trying to blame that Lalonde guy for, for Tampa okay. losing. Yeah. But revealing all the team secrets on the intermissions. The extended quote was, if you want to believe him, you just got to make sure that Derek Lalonde knows what he's talking about. Meaning, you're exactly what you just you said, but who? then, like uh, John Cooper said at the end of that quote, if you want to believe what Derek Lalonde's talking about, you better hope that he's telling the truth, like he knows what he's talking about. So basically, oh. what you just said is true, but then he backtracked and realized, oh damn, I just agreed with him and what he said, so I got backtracked. Yeah. So he's got two sides to the story. Exactly. Yeah. No, it is funny, and it it, it has been working. So. Um. Yeah. So, just quickly, we got four I mean, minutes. Not really, though, because Toronto isn't sitting in the locker room listening to him talk about. No, the, but it is the true. Ways they they scored their goals. The game. No, no, oh, but yeah, yeah, but it's like No, I'm not. I'm agreeing with what you're saying, but I'm saying John Cooper's point doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, because like Toronto isn't actually sitting in the locker room with the intermission on TV, paying attention, writing down all these notes about what this Lalonga is saying. Like the players, the coaching staff, the players, they also have a high hockey IQ that they could figure it out for themselves. That's valid. Um, but I, for those who don't know, Derek Lalonde, now the head coach of Detroit, assistant coach of Tampa, went on sport, uh, CBC or Hockey Night Center, whatever the heck it was, Hockey Night Canada, and said that their studies showed, their analytics showed that 
uh, Vasilevsky's weakness was shots from the point. So they generated their whole defensive structure around that. That's what John Cooper was saying isn't true, but then eventually actually agree with it, but then said he didn't know what he was talking about. So, um, Scott, this was your point. So I just want to ask you guys before we quickly wrap this up, uh, the player that has surprised you the most in this series. Uh, well, yeah, this was actually just a specific sneaky way for me to give praise to Justin Hall because I never thought I would. But so far in the playoffs, he has actually surprised me as, as a solid defenseman. Uh, besides, like, obviously his plus minus hasn't been good. He wasn't good in game one, but like the way he kind of has been blocking shots from the Kucherov slide across pass, Ovechkin style shot. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been surprised with how he's been playing the last couple of games. So I just sneaky way for me to give him praise. Kyle, I'm gonna say Shen here. Um, if if I would have. Honestly, I would have said most of the defensive core, uh, core of the team. Um, we've overall, I'd say, had a pretty good defensive uh, series. Other than let's talk game one and maybe a couple mistakes from the last couple games, but overall, we've played pretty well defensively. Um, some some of the goals uh, had no chance, and some of them power play goals. But yeah, I think Luke Chen's had a uh, had an underrated series. Um, He's just made the little plays right. He stirred it up a little bit. Um, shows that he's a leader. He's a veteran on the team, and uh, yeah, I'd say he's my uh, my player. He's had an underrated series. I was also going to choose Lucian, but I'll go with uh, Ilya Samsonov, uh, and not because he didn't have a good season, but because everyone said that he's only had like one or two playoff uh, wins in his career. But little do they forget that he won. Um, the Stanley Cup version in the KHL, whatever it's called, he won that. So he's used to big games, just not at this at this level or in this league. But obviously, he's proven because these games would have been blowout blowouts if it wasn't for him standing on his head for the Leafs. Um, and then also, I think we could all agree Morgan Riley has had a, a tremendous playoff after a very disappointing season. Definitely. Um, but yeah, with that, it's go time, boys. Uh, subscribe to our website, follow us on social media, and thank you for listening. We'll be back next week, regardless of the outcome. Either way, when we come back, this series will be over, so let's get goalies go, and uh, hopefully the least pull it off tonight. Peace, everyone. Go Leafs go. Go Leafs go.